All right, let's do our, uh, our sermon series. So Paper Kings, I'm having a great time reading through all these kings. Uh, again, lots of cool stories in the Old Testament. This is, again, probably part of the Old Testament that has a few cobwebs. Um, but man, there's some fascinating stories in there. Now, every week, I'm asking you to read the, the associated passages with the next king that we're going to be studying, and then come up with one word, a uh, summary, a word that stood out to you, a word that you want to remember something by. There's really no rules but other than one word. Um, and then you shout it out at the start of every sermon. So, so what word did you guys get? We're in King Amaziah, or Amaziah, or however you want to pronounce it, uh, Amaziah. What word do you guys have? What is it? Uncommitted. Okay. Unfocused. Okay, good, good. What, punk? I like that. I like that. It's got a little, uh, little kick to it, you know? It's not, you're, um, you're not looking at it from too far away. It's like you're like, yeah. anything else? Anything online? If you're watching online, drop in the text. All right. I heard arrogant. I heard something from the back. Forgetful. Fickle. This is good. Okay, what I really like about doing this is that if you didn't already read the passage, now you're intrigued. You're like, well, what, wait, what happened? Like, who was this guy? Was he a punk? I don't know. Like, well, don't worry. We're going we're gonna to figure it out uh, here in a little bit. Uh, my word for Amaziah was more because I think he's the kind of guy. Uh, okay, you know how like you watch a YouTube video now and there's always those ads at the very beginning, you know, like the guy pops up and he's like, hey, do you want to retire by 40? And they always get like that, that big hook out in five seconds. Otherwise, that skip ads button comes on. And you know we're not going to listen anymore. It's like, hey, do you want to lose 12 inches off your waist in just four weeks? You know, you're like, whoa, what? You know, like they try, they like try to like, you know, hype you up. You know, want to take care of that receding hairline? We'll check out this product. You know, I feel like Amaziah is the guy that doesn't hit skip ads. You know, he's like, wait, what? Well, tell me, tell me a little bit more about that one. To me, he lives a life that wants to follow God and more. Like, well, let me, let me, what do you have for me? Okay, here, let me pursue that. And so we'll find out today uh, how we can pursue the things we desire or an option, maybe not how we should pursue the, the, the way that we desire, the things that we desire, um, but one option, uh, it'll probably be more of a, um, yeah, that's not the route to go, as you probably could gather from what, what people were saying. We're going to read through the first 16 verses of chapter 25 in 2 Chronicles. Uh, there's a full, I think, 28 in the whole chapter. Uh, I'll just kind of uh, go through the end. Uh, I want to get through these first 16 because I think that reveals his heart, um, and that's going to be our focus uh, for us. How do we pursue our desires? What does God want us to do? All right, here we go. Uh, well, before we start, a little introduction. If you were here last week, you don't need much of an introduction. This is Joash's son. If you remember Joash, things are going good up until the, the high priest dies. Then he follows kind of other people that lead him astray. He ultimately gets assassinated and his son Amaziah becomes king. That's where we left off and that's where we're picking up the story today. All right, chapter 25 in 2 Chronicles. I'm going to read the whole thing. Uh, well, the first 16 verses of this chapter um, and then we'll go back through um, and break it down. All right. Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Jehoadan. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. After the kingdom was firmly in his control, he executed the officials who had murdered his father, the king. Yet he did not put their children to death, but acted in accordance with what is written in the law in the book of Moses. 
where the Lord commanded, parents shall not be put to death for their children, nor children be put to death for their parents. Each will die for their own sin. Amaziah called the people of Judah together and assigned them according to their families to commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds for all Judah and Benjamin. He then mustered those 20 years old or more and found that there were 300,000 men fit for military service, able to handle the spear and shield. He also hired 100,000 fighting men from Israel for 100 talents of silver. But a man of God came to him and said, Your majesty, these troops from Israel must not march with you, for the Lord is not with Israel, not with any of the people of Ephraim. Even if you go and fight courageously in battle, God will overthrow you before the enemy, for God has the power to help or to overthrow. Amaziah asked the man of God, But what about the 100 talents I paid for these Israelite troops? The man of God replied, The Lord can give you much more than that. So Amaziah dismissed the troops who had come to him from Ephraim and sent them home. They were furious with Judah and left for home in a great rage. Amaziah then marshaled his strength and led his army to the Valley of Salt, where he killed 10,000 men of Seir. The army of Judah also captured 10,000 men alive, took them to the top of a cliff, and threw them down so that all were dashed to pieces. Meanwhile, the troops that Amaziah had sent back and had not allowed to take part in the war raided towns belonging to Judah from Samaria to Beth Horon. They killed 3,000 people and carried off great quantities of plunder. When Amaziah returned from slaughtering the Edomites, he brought back the gods of the people of Seir. He set them up as his own gods, bowed down to them, and burned sacrifices to them. The anger of the Lord burned against Amaziah, and he sent a prophet to him who said, Why do you consult this people's gods, which could not save their own people from your hand? While he was still speaking, the king said to him, Have we appointed you an advisor to the king? Stop! Why be struck down? So the prophet stopped but said, I know that God is determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not listened to my counsel. And so the rest of the story is him entering a foolish war against Israel, the, the land of the north where he had hired those men and then released them. Uh, he is defeated soundly. Uh, he's humiliated. They come all the way down to Jerusalem, tear down the wall, take uh, all the treasures from the temple. Uh, and then ultimately he suffers the same fate as his father. He is plotted against and he's assassinated by his own people. Amaziah. <laughs> like that, that's, that's the guy for this week. Um, very fascinating. There's a lot of rapid fire stories. It's almost like each verse or two verses is a different story or vignette uh, that the chronicler wanted to make sure he wrote down in his stories about the kings. Um, again, if you read the account in Kings, uh, it leaves out a lot of these little stories. It has his campaign against the Edomites, it has his, his loss against Israel, and it has his death, but you don't get to see all the little details that we got to read. All right. Where are we going to go? Start from the top. What a great summary of his reign. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly, right? There's that, I love, it's like every single one of these kings has the like the thumbs up or the thumbs down, right? Either they did what was right or they didn't do what was right. And then there's always like a little qualifier. Do you remember like Joash last week? He's like, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord for all the days of Jehoiada, the priest, you know, and you're like, wait, what? Like, what, what happens when, when he wasn't there? Oh, he'll tell you. Same thing right here. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. And you say, oh, now, what does that look like? Well, it goes, goes on, right? All right, the very first story we get to is him uh, providing justice, right? It, not vengeance, but justice according to the law, right? So there were people who had murdered his father, who was the king, which is God's special appointed leader of the people, and so he says, that's a death penalty. I'm putting them to death. But he follows the law. Um, we spent a ton of time in the law this summer. One of the things that stood out that we noted is that 
with justice, there's an ounce of mercy as well. There's, there's actually quite a bit of mercy in the administration of justice. And in particular with violence, the law restrains violence, restricts violence. So like this particular law, right? If someone kills your dad, you can, you can have them put to death because that is on their head, but you can't start a feud with their family. You can't start a blood feud and say, now I'm going to wipe all of you out. There was I mentioned it last week, a couple of the kings tried that strategy. I'm just going to kill all of the other brothers, you know, make sure that my, my reign is, is, is secure. No, the, the law wants to curb violence, limit violence to just justice. Amaziah is following the law. This is good. This is what you want from your king. Very next story, we have him uh, counting up his army, right? Mustering a massive army. Well, we don't know what he has in mind to do. We find out later he wants to, to go on this campaign against the Edomites, uh, anytime we see kings in the Bible counting their army, strengthening themselves, appointing commanders, they're about to be tested. You know, there's Rehoboam, Asa, Jehoshaphat. It, it's, it's when the challenge is presented, will they trust in their army, the strength that they've gathered, or will they trust in God, right? So, so we know that that's coming based on the pattern of what we've been reading. Amaziah's test comes before the battle, right? Because a man, a prophet, meets him, and says, hey, you know what, when you were building your army, a quarter of it comes from up north. Up north, okay, remember, remember every single week we talk about up north. That's Israel. They were the, the ten tribes that broke away. This was where Italia came from and tried to destroy the line of David. But the line of David has survived in Judah, the southern kingdom. And, and there's all these, uh, Jehoshaphat, the great king that, ah, Gave his enemies an ass whopping, if you know what I'm saying. That was two weeks ago. There's a lot of gold to be mined there, so just let's keep going back. No, but his one flaw, right, was that he made this bad decision to ally himself by marriage to the northern kingdom. And, and, and then, you know, we, we had this uh, northern kingdom intrigue trying to kill Joash. And here we have, again, um, a tension with the northern kingdom. But it starts out with... Uh, the, the king, Amaziah, trying to hire 100,000 troops from the north. The prophet says, no, don't do that. Don't do that. God is not with them. They need to leave. And what I like about what the prophet said is that he uh, puts into words a principle that's kind of in the background of this entire narrative, the entire book of Chronicles, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. He says this, God has the power to help or to overthrow. Because we're reading these stories of the kings as, as the history of the people, right? So, so the, the, the story of history that we have of Israel is from the perspective of the people who are in charge. But the main theme is that they're actually not in charge. They're not in control. God is doing everything. He has the power to help or to overthrow. And so every challenge that comes to the kings is, is, is a test. Are you going to follow God or are you going to do your own thing? Because ultimately, it doesn't matter what you do. It matters what God does. He's the one in control. He's the one steering history. And then, so Amaziah actually decides, yes, uh, I'll, I'll follow this, right? I'll do what is right. Um, I'll release those 100,000 troops. I don't need them. Uh, but he doesn't, he responds. He doesn't say yes or no, right? Like, because to me, uh, after, after the prophet says, you know, God's not with them, even if you fight courageously, like even if you would win the battle, like he'll overthrow you. Why? Because God has the power to help or to overthrow. To Amaziah, to me, would either say, amen, I surrender, right? This is Rehoboam, um, Asa and Jehoshaphat too, with just this humility piece, you know, for a test. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't take that route. But he also doesn't take the route that says, ah, forget you, I'm going to battle with them, right? <laughs> His response is this. Amaziah asked the man of God, 
what about the 100 talents I paid for these Israelite troops? It's just, it's just goofy. It's like, Amaziah, there's a test in front of you, right? God is saying, trust in me. I have the power to do all things. And Amaziah's like, oh, I don't, I don't know if you were paying attention, God. I actually already paid them. You know, like, I mean, I understand if this was before we had given them what they needed, but um, can I get that back? You know, it's like, I mean, should I write them and ask them to refund it? You know, like, <laughs> that's what's going through Amaziah's mind. This is an illustration of doing what is right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly, right? Like your heart's somewhere else. You're thinking about other things. And I just, I just want to sit on this because I see this in myself. You probably do too, right? I have no problem with hearing what God wants for me, seeking his will. God, what do you have for me? I pray that you'd use me. You know, like I want to live God's love beyond myself. Can you bring people in front of me that I can then love with them? And so he does. And I say, oh, um, that's going to be kind of expensive. They've got a lot. I mean, not a problem. I'll give it. But aren't there those passages that say, like, test me in this and that you'll, like, you know, give me back more, you know, and Paul talks about, you know, reaping and so, you know, like, so just, this is how much I'm giving, Lord, just to let you know that maybe that could come back around, right? Like, like, like that's my heart, right? Or like with time, right? So he brings a really broken person in your life and he says, walk with them. And you're like, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Also, I, I've got a doctor's appointment today, and then I got my kids' soccer practice tonight. Um, my wife and I are doing a date. Uh, that's also healthy. We're doing some family nights. Could I do it on Saturday? I've got a little bit of space there. You know, it's like, can, can, yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely walk with these people you're putting in front of me. Also, can it not disrupt my life too much? Because I've got kind of other things going on. I mean, I want, I'm going to follow you, God. Absolutely, I will obey. But also, what about... What about the plans I had? What, what about those other things that I'm kind of got going? That's, all, that's Amaziah. And if you look in the mirror, uh-oh, that's us. Right? The man of God replies. Ooh, so good. Oh, this is the main point. Amaziah pursued God and more. This is where I, I get that more from, right? Where, where he's like, no, I'll do the right thing. Oh, but also, also, can, can I make sure we get those 100 talents back anyway? Nope, okay, I, you know, I just, just want, want a little bit more, right? So it's him mustering the army. How many have I got? 300,000, that's not too much. Well, what if I bought some from Israel? I just, just a little more, right? It's, again, I'm following God. There's nothing that I'm doing that's completely against him. If God tells me it's against him, then I'll go the other way. But I just maybe a little bit more. Man, doesn't that sound familiar? And then the part, this is probably my favorite part in the whole passage, right? Is the man of God replies, the Lord can give you much more than that. And the Hebrew is even better than the English because uh, this, this is a decent translation, but that word give is the exact same word that Amaziah had said, what about the hundred talents that I gave these Israelite troops? He uses the same verb, right? So he's like, well, what about the money I gave them? And the prophet says, oh, God can give you more than that, much more, right? And then also, in the Hebrew, the word can isn't there. It's actually more of like an is, like there exists. So he's saying like, there exists much more for God to give you. You know, like, what God is saying through the prophet is speaking to Amaziah's heart. Like, like God is talking much deeper than just about these 100,000 troops, just about those 100, what, talents, 100,000, 100 talents, like, he's not talking about the specific thing anymore. Now he's inviting Amaziah to follow him wholeheartedly. 
right? Where he's saying, I see that you're ambitious. I see that you want more. I see that you are taking steps in order to get the things that you want. I can give you much more than what you want. And, and, and look at it from this perspective. He's, he's attaching the gifts that Amaziah was giving to these mercenaries to the gifts that God has ready, waiting to give to him. He's essentially saying, like Amaziah is like, well, I gave this money to, to, to these guys. And God is saying, well, I'm waiting to give you much more. Like, I want our relationship, God and Amaziah's relationship, not to be one of the mercenaries. The mercenaries get paid for their wages. I have much more to give you, right? And again, let's pause. How many times do you feel like God tells you what to do and then you go do it and then you receive the benefit of what he's given you? You know, like the giving thing, right? Well, if I give money, then, I, then, then this is what God's asking me to do. Okay, he's asking me to give $100. Okay, here's $100, right? And then, okay, God will probably bless me on the way back for that in proportion to how much I have given. That's the mentality of a mercenary, right? Where God gives you a task. That's an employee. That's a worker. He gives you a task. He gives you an assignment. You do the assignment and you expect to be paid according to the services that you've rendered him. God says, I have much more than that. My relationship with you is not one of a mercenary. I'm not just having you guys do my will here on earth and then I'll give you the things according to how faithful you were, or how many times you came to church, or how many people you lived, or loved beyond yourself. God is inviting us to a different relationship, a much more relationship. That's what we can have in him. Uh, we never see what that looks like for Amaziah, right? Like, <laughs> he misses it. He misses the fact that the prophet speaking, these are God's word coming. God is offering him an invitation to much more than he wants. Amaziah says, no, I, I know what you want. You want me to get rid of these mercenaries? Got it. Cool, we'll do it. I'll still go, go, and, go and win this war. Completely misses this invitation for something much more. He just settles for the more. You know what I'm saying? And so then, then he does this, right? Amaziah then marshaled his strength and led his army to the Valley of Salt, where he killed 10,000 men of Seir. The army of Judah also captured 10,000 men alive, took them to the top of a cliff, and threw them down so that all were dashed to pieces. You read that last line, and you say, well, this is why I don't read the Old Testament, Right? Right? I mean, seriously, right? Because people read this and they say it, the Bible is brutal, barbaric, and this is supposedly a king who does what is right in the eyes of God. I mean, but, but that's actually the point. <laughs> We're supposed to read that and say, wait, what? Why would you do that? Look, 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 look. This sounds like unmitigated violence, unrestrained violence, unnecessary violence, which is not God's law. Right? Amaziah followed God's law, which restricts violence and puts a limit on it. And you only kill in the times where you're bringing justice. When someone has murdered someone, there is justice where that person could be killed according to the law. In war, there is justice, but this is something different. You, you killed 10,000 in war, and then after the war, you just captured some almost for sport. I don't know why. We don't see, we don't see the reason why he did this. Perhaps he's Look, I did it with 300,000. I, I thought I needed 400,000. Watch this. Maybe he wanted to tell the story. And guess what? We defeated them so badly. We captured them. We marched them all the way up a cliff. And we made them jump to their deaths. How awesome is that? Like, I don't know. That, that's how what I imagine Amaziah is doing. But this was unnecessary. This is brutal. This is barbaric. This is not God's will. This is not God's law. Amaziah's on his own here. He's doing this one on his own heart. He wants this. He wants this one. And to me, this demonstrates what it looks like to do right in God's eyes, ah, but not wholeheartedly. 
It's when we want to do bare minimum of what God's asking us. Well, he wants me to do this. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll go to church. No problem. He wants me to give money. I'll give money to the church. No problem. I'll, he wants me to love this person. Okay, I'll, I'll send them a card you know, or whatever. I don't know, whatever it is. But then we also say, let me reserve the rest of my life to do the things that I want and pursue the things that I want. That's what Amaziah is choosing. But the path that we have is different. Pursue God alone and much more. Right? Amaziah wants to pursue God and more, but we can pursue God alone and find in him much more. Right? Like, like there's, there's more than we can accomplish by ourselves. And then we, see, then we see the consequence. I'm telling you this story. Meanwhile, the troops that Amaziah had sent back and had not allowed to take part in the war raided towns belonging to Judah from Samaria to Beth Haron, they killed 3,000 people and carried off great quantities of plunder. Now, when I first read this verse, I said, God, that is not fair. He did what you wanted. He did exactly what you asked him to do, and now you are disciplining him. Like, he's caught between a rock and a hard place. He should have just kept them then. If this is what's going to happen, he goes off and, and does this war the right way, and then the people that he's released, that you told him to release, are now plaguing his people, they, causing death, unnecessary death. All because he did what you said. Didn't Amaziah do what he said? Kind of? Yeah, right? But look, 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 what did God want? God didn't just want him to release the troops. God wanted his heart. He wanted him to accept the invitation of the much more. Amaziah was still doing his own thing. He, he's checking in. He's getting the bare minimum. He's checking the boxes. God, what do you need? Cool. How many, how many times do I have to go to church? Yeah, all right, great, gotcha. All right, how many people do I have to pray for? Okay, gotcha. How many minutes is my quiet time? Okay, good, got it, next. And now I'm off to the rest of my life. I'm telling you, this is how we live our lives, right? Where we, we want to know, God, what do you require of me? And, and okay, I can do that, great. Set that aside, let me pick up the rest of my life. That's what Amaziah is doing, and guess what it gets him? A little bit. He, he, what, he captured 10,000 people, right? Killed 20,000, you know, uh, but, but he, he got to capture, but he lost 3,000, right? He gained the plunder from Mount Seir. Oh, but he also lost significant quantities of plunder. Yeah, he got more, but it's up and down. But what do you have gotten if you follow God? Much more. <laughs> I don't know. It's a mystery, and it almost leaves you dissatisfied. Just do it. Ah, you know, Amaziah, come on, man. Like, he's offering you what you're trying to get yourself through him, but we never get to see it. Uh, we we kind of get the point, but it keeps going, right? Verse 14, when Amaziah returned from slaughtering the Edomites, he brought back the gods of the people of Seir. He set them up as his own gods, bowed down to them, and burned sacrifices to them. Uh, this is an absolute big no-no. You know God's not going to stand for this, uh, but this one's puzzling to me. Like, these are the gods of the people he just defeated in a, a maybe a, grand, a braggadocio way, you know, like, ah, you know, and in the Bible, we see defeated lands have their idols smashed, right? Why? Because the, the opposing army wants the people to see, I am stronger than the gods that you're, you're relying on. Uh, we'll see this in a few weeks, actually, uh, with Assyria coming in. Uh, they, de they destroy the idols, and they say, see, look, you're, you're depending on these gods. I'm stronger, right? But we don't, we don't see kings taking other gods that they've defeated and making them their own. And again, I don't know why. I, it doesn't say why. I imagine it's like trophies. Look, you know, it's like you go on a vacation and you buy something that's really unique to the place and then you display it on your coffee table. 
right? So when people come, whoa, where's that from? Oh, well, you know, I went on a trip to Indonesia and found in a back market, you know, this really handcrafted, you know, basket with these precious stones are only found actually in this one volcano, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, to me, that's what it sounds like, right? Like he's getting the exotic pieces. Whoa, what kind of, what kind of thing is that? Oh, it's a god, you know, from Mount Seir. Yeah, I was just over there the other day, killed 20,000 of them, no, no big deal. You know, but now it's mine. You know, and it's, and it's almost like he's treating them, it says, as his own personal god, sacrificing to him. It's like, you know, you're playing Pokemon Go. Uh, did you guys ever play that? And you got to go to different places. You got to catch them all, but then you like possess them. They're like yours, and, and you get to, you get to have them. But if you go to like far off places, you get more unique and more rare ones. And then you can, oh yeah, you can trade them. And he looks. Good. It's like that's what he's doing. These gods are like his little Pokemon that he gets to control, that he gets to have. Because to him, following a god is not something that requires a whole heart. It's something you put in your pocket. Something you set over here. Something you set on display. Something that makes you look good. That's what I. I mean, again, speculation for me. Bottom line that we can all agree on, somehow he compromised and he thought it was okay to worship other gods. Whoa, (laughs) right? Major misstep. And then the prophet comes and says, what are you doing? (laughs) Right? And before he even gets gets to be able to say, like, this is wrong, you know, I was like, shut up, sit down. I don't want to hear you. Don't don't make me slap you, right? And so the prophet stops, but he's like, you're doomed. You're done. That's it. And rest of the story, you're done. Everything you relied on, all the more that you were trying to get, right? You know, his big army, defeated. You know, his money, stolen. You know, all the trophies, the prizes he had, those are taken away, looted, and assassinated, right? Go for it. Follow God and more, but you won't get the life that God wants, the much more, which is, which is what we want if we only follow God. This is, this is the key concept for us. Pursue God alone and much more in him, right? There's the implied in him. We can pursue more on our own and we'll get more. We'll also get less. We'll kind of just go our own way in life. Uh, but if we want to have the much more, God has something set aside already waiting to give to us. Find it. Seek it. Let your story be different than Amaziah's. The lessons that we can learn from him are not the examples of how to do this, you know, they're, they're more, here's different things you can check your heart to make sure you're not too far on your own, right? Following your own ways, setting up your own idols. Here's, here's a question I want you guys to all ask in your head. What do you want? Fill in the blank, right? Uh, anything, anything. Start, I want the Broncos to win. I want the snow to stop. You know, any, like even things that you can't even control, Right? Uh, you want a latte, you want a nap, you want a warm fireplace. Um, but but get, get bigger too. Like, I want a new car, I want new shoes. You know, I want a $500 gift card to McDonald's, you know, uh, whatever it might be. You know, where I want, I want purpose in life. I want a job that I can feel like I'm actually contributing. You know, I want significance. I want uh, my spouse to love me. You know, I want uh, deep things. I want my children to come to know Christ or come back to the faith. Think about what do you want? And here's, here's what humans do. They take actions to get what they want, right? How do you do that? What does that process look like for you? In the small things. Start, let's start small. Because the way that you pursue what you want in the small things is going to reveal your heart and the big things. We have a temptation to come to God when we can't get what we want. When it's too big. It's, you know, that diagnosis, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to take steps to get that one. I better go to God, Right? But, but the, the little things, the latte, I'll just go get that. 
I know how to do that, right? McDonald's, I know, I know how to get that. It's, it's one of my favorites on my GPS, you know? It's, it's like even asking me these days, like, you want a large Coke? I'm like, well, easy. I'm not, it's not even lunch. Like, you've done it before, you know? No. How we pursue what we want is going to demonstrate our heart. If we pursue God in the small things, Lord, is this what you want? It, it, here, may you come with me. I'm going to pursue this with my money, right? These aren't bad things. With my strength, whatever that is, invite him into it. If you practice with the small things, then you'll do it your whole life, with everything, with your heart. Because if you aren't practicing it, what, what you're going to be tempted to do is grow in your own strength in order to be able to get more things you want on your own. And then, of course, you'll look like Amaziah, right? We start compromising, little things, little things, right? Yeah, it's no big deal to hire 100,000 soldiers from Israel. Oh, that wasn't bad. Okay, all right, all right, fine, fine. I'll not do it. What, it was wrong to get those gods? It's wrong to worship them? Ah, come on, shut up, get out of here, yo. Who made you my advisor, right? Like, he's taking all these little steps that show he's, his heart isn't fully there. But it, it gets a little bit, again, a little, little bit out of time because he's not allowing God to dictate his wants and how he goes about and gets them. You'll get what you can give to yourself and no more. God's saying, I've got much more, but you have to come through me. Uh, look at those three things uh, that Amaziah struggles with or he's trying to, trying to hold on to while he's holding on to God. His, his army, his strength, his money, and then his vanity, you know, his trophies. He wants to look good. What do you trust in for your strength? Probably not an army. But what gives you that confidence, that security, right? I, I can get through things. The challenge that come, I've got it. Maybe it's your health, physical strength, your fitness. Yes, I've got this. And I, re, I rely on this, and so I'm ah, healthy. Maybe it's intelligence, knowledge. You know, there's all these things. But if I learn more about it, then I'm going to have the exact nuanced path of the answers to all the global politics or whatever the thing is that, that is stressing you out. You know, or is, it, or is it money, making sure that, that you've got enough stacked up, that you don't lose too much, you know, like, okay, well, maybe we'll pull out here. There's certain behaviors that Amaziah demonstrates that could be indicators for you. If one of these things is happening in one of those areas, and there's plenty more out there, uh, perhaps, perhaps it's an idol. Perhaps it's something that you're pursuing with more on your own and not just following God. But here's what he did. One, he counted his army. He's collecting it. He was gathering. He was gaining more. Are there things in your life that you're tracking, you're measuring, making sure that it's a certain way? Like your money, your weight, your friends on social media? I don't know. You know, like, is there something that you're spending maybe too much time obsessing over? Perhaps that's got too much of your heart. All right, something else he does, right? He's worried about the 100 talents that he paid, that he gave. Is there anything that you're so worried about it's preventing you from doing what God's asking you to, right? Losing your money, losing your time, you know, your reputation. You know, well, if I said that, God, like, I couldn't go back to them, you know? Like, what is it that you're worried about losing that, that is causing, it's, it's okay to worry about losing things. Don't get me wrong, that, that's what means something's valuable, right? But is it preventing you from actually following what God wants you to? Is that the excuse you're giving God when he says, do this, and you're like, yeah, but what about, <laughs> like, what, look, that, might be an indicator this thing's maybe getting a little too high in importance. Also, what, where's your vanity at? Where's, where's the glory? Where are the things that you want to put on display, right? The stories you want to tell to let people know, oh, guess what? Oh, I got that from here. This is, this is mine, right? Like, is it the post online and counting 
How many people like it or comment on it and getting the right, the right look for who you are? Uh, social settings, where's your vanity coming from? Looks, clothes, makeup, I don't know, jewelry, cars, houses, yeah, your kids, extracurriculars. I mean, we can play this game all day. But if there are things that you want to display, you want people to notice about you, eh, maybe there's an indicator. Why? Why? Lots, lots of ways that we can follow God without our whole heart. Few ways, one way, <laughs> to follow him wholeheartedly. But the key principle through all this is that God has much more for us, right? The, the things that we're trusting in for our strength or for our security or for our vanity, God has much more, right? Like God cares, God sees, God sees Amaziah, meets him where he's at, but he says, hey, hey, I got much more for you. Just come, come follow me. Come follow me and see it. And you know what I love about this passage? This isn't just an Old Testament passage. This is the Bible. This is God's word. It sounds so familiar to Jesus. When he came, one of his main messages when he came to the earth was that God has so much more for you. Why are you settling for less? Here's just one example from the Sermon on the Mount. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is a part of that passage where Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, like come, like, come to me. There's an invitation from God throughout the Bible to come find real life in him, deep things of life. We can find our own life. We can find more. Look, it's not even a salvation issue. You can have God and more. And I fear a lot, a lot of Christians do that. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll follow God, absolutely. And also, 90% of my time, I'm gonna do what I want. But God's saying, I've got much more for you. If you want, you can go all the way in and you'll receive all that I have for you. The only way we can find out is if we follow him. We can't find it on our own. As we can gain as much strength, as much knowledge, as much friends, as much status, whatever the thing is that you want, but you will never find the much more that God has for you unless you seek in. We can't do it on our own. We need Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, the story you've told us uh, through Amaziah. I pray that we'd take time, God, to see ourselves in this story. Um, I pray that we'd be honest with ourselves. Um, help, us, <laughs> help us see where we are not wholeheartedly following you. Um, help us see it the way that you do, um, that it's not good enough, but it's also um, not reason to just kick us out. You're tender with us, that you care for us. We recognize your love, and we recognize your invitation that there's more. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, that we would be able, have the strength, the the discipline to set aside those things that we're pursuing on our own to only have you. We want to see the much more that you have. I pray that you'd open that up, up to us. Uh, help us see little glimpses of that and allow us to share those stories with each other so we can encourage each other that we can find all that we need and much more in you and you alone, God. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. All right, we've got some questions. Uh, as always, uh, so we'll turn to our neighbors. The only rule we have is you have to be talking to someone you didn't come here with. This is one way that we practice living God's love beyond ourselves and hearing what someone else is doing, uh, thinking about how God's word was speaking to them. And so let's love each other well. Um, let's grow closer to each other as we discuss these questions. Uh, first, what was your word for King Amaziah? Uh, give a little bit more context. If you have, if you shouted it out. If you didn't have it shouted out, go ahead and share it on uh, your group. Or if you came up with one during the sermon, share that one. Uh, what things tempt you from following God wholeheartedly? Uh, specifically to you, what, what are those things that kind of pull your heart elsewhere um, and not just God? And then 
application. How can you seek God in what you want today? Take a, take a very practical want. And, and so Amaziah didn't give us any guidance on this. Talk it out in your groups. What would that even look like? Small, big, whatever you want. How can you seek God in what you want today? All right, let's take about five minutes. I'll come back up and dismiss us uh, to, to close this out.